Section two of A Sentimental Journey Through France and Italy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. A Sentimental Journey Through France and Italy by Lawrence Stern. Section two. Preface in the Desobligeant it must have been observed by many a peripatetic philosopher that nature has set up by her own unquestionable authority certain boundaries and fences to circumscribe the discontent of man she has effected her purpose in the quietest and easiest manner by laying him under almost insuperable obligations to work out his ease and to sustain his sufferings at home it is there only that she has provided him with the most suitable objects to partake of his happiness and bear a part of that burden which in all countries and ages has ever been too heavy for one pair of shoulders tis true we are endued with an imperfect power of spreading our happiness sometimes beyond her limits but tis so ordered that from the want of languages connections and dependencies and from the difference in education customs and habits we lie under so many impediments in communicating our sensations out of our own sphere as often amount to a total impossibility it will always follow from hence that the balance of sentimental commerce is always against the expatriated adventurer he must buy what he has little occasion for at their own price his conversation will seldom be taken in exchange for theirs without a large discount and this by the by eternally driving him into the hands of more equitable brokers for such conversation as he can find it requires no great spirit of divination to guess at his party ah this brings me to my point and naturally leads me if the seesaw of this désobligeant will but let me get on into the efficient as well as final causes of travelling your idle people that leave their native country and go abroad for some reason or reasons which may be derived from one of these general causes infirmity of body imbecility of mind or inevitable necessity the first two include all those who travel by land or by water labouring with pride curiosity vanity or spleen subdivided and combined ad infinitum the third class includes the whole army of peregrine martyrs more especially those travellers who set out upon their travels with the benefit of the clergy either as delinquents travelling under the direction of governors recommended by the magistrate 
or young gentlemen transported by the cruelty of parents and guardians and travelling under the direction of governors recommended by oxford aberdeen and glasgow there is a fourth class but their number is so small that they would not deserve a distinction were it not necessary in a work of this nature to observe the greatest precision and nicety to avoid a confusion of character and these men i speak of are such as cross the seas and sojourn in a land of strangers with a view of saving money for various reasons and upon various pretences but as they might also save themselves and others a great deal of unnecessary trouble by saving their money at home and as their reasons for travelling are the least complex of any other species of emigrants i shall distinguish these gentlemen by the name of simple travellers thus the whole circle of travellers may be reduced to the following heads idle travellers inquisitive travellers lying travellers proud travellers vain travellers splenetic travellers then follow the travellers of necessity the delinquent and felonious traveller the unfortunate and innocent traveller the simple traveller and last of all if you please the sentimental traveller meaning thereby myself who have travelled and of which i am now sitting down to give an account as much out of necessity and the besoin de voyager as any one in the class i am well aware at the same time as both my travels and observations will be altogether of a different cast from any of my forerunners that i might have insisted upon a whole niche entirely to myself but i should break in upon the confines of the vain traveller in wishing to draw attention towards me till i have some better grounds for it than the mere novelty of my vehicle it is sufficient for my reader if he has been a traveller himself that with study and reflection hereupon he may be able to determine his own place and rank in the catalogue it will be one step towards knowing himself as it is great odds but he retains some tincture and resemblance of what he imbibed or carried out to the present hour the man who first transplanted the grape of burgundy to the cape of good hope observe he was a dutchman never dreamt of drinking the same wine at the cape that the same grape produced upon the french mountains he was too phlegmatic for that but undoubtedly he expected to drink some sort of vinous liquor but whether good or bad or indifferent he knew enough of this world to know that it did not depend upon his choice but that what is generally called choice was to decide his success however he hoped for the best 
and in these hopes by an intemperate confidence in the fortitude of his head and the depths of his discretion Miner might possibly oversee both in his new vineyard and by discovering his nakedness become a laughing-stock to his people even so it fares with the poor traveller sailing and posting through the politer kingdoms of the globe in pursuit of knowledge and improvements knowledge and improvements are to be got by sailing and posting for that purpose but whether useful knowledge and real improvements is all a lottery and even where the adventurer is successful the acquired stock must be used with caution and sobriety to turn to any profit but as the chances run prodigiously the other way both as to the acquisition and application i am of opinion that a man would act as wisely if he could prevail upon himself to live contented without foreign knowledge or foreign improvements especially if he lives in a country that has no absolute want of either and indeed much grief of heart has it oft and many a time cost me when i have observed how many a foul step the inquisitive traveller has measured to see sights and look into discoveries all which as sancho panza said to don quixote they might have seen dry-shod at home it is an age so full of light that there is scarce a country or corner in europe whose beams are not crossed and interchanged with others knowledge in most of its branches and in most affairs is like music in an italian street whereof those may partake who pay nothing but there is no nation under heaven and god is my record before whose tribunal i must one day come and give an account of this work that i do not speak it vauntingly but there is no nation under heaven abounding with more variety of learning where the sciences may be more fitly wooed or more surely won than here where art is encouraged and will so soon rise high where nature take her altogether has so little to answer for and to close all where there is more wit and variety of character to feed the mind with where then my dear countrymen are you going we are only looking at this chaise said they your most obedient servant said i skipping out of it and pulling off my hat we were wondering said one of them who i found was an inquisitive traveller what could occasion its motion twas the agitation said i coolly of writing a preface i never heard said the other who was a simple traveller of a preface wrote in a désobligeant it would have been better said i in a vis-a-vis -vis. 
as an englishman does not travel to see englishmen i retired to my room end of section two recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey